The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hello and welcome back to the Prep to Pro NBA Draft Podcast. My name is Ben Pfeiffer and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Max Carlin. Max, how's it going? I'm doing all right, Ben. How are you? I'm doing all right as well. And today we have our first uh, full 2021 draft podcast. Uh, uh, college basketball is officially underway and we have lots to talk about regarding the, the 2021 draft. So uh, without further ado, let's let's get into it. The wait is finally over. Football's in full effect. With many teams strutting their stuff, you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, uh, there have been two days of games, and we've got twenty things to talk about. Um, this is great. This is wonderful. Um, although first, we're going to start with something that's not great and wonderful. Uh, Sharif Cooper, he is not eligible right now. Uh, we're recording this on on Friday, November twenty seventh. Um, so Sharif is, is currently under investigation, not eligible, hasn't played in Auburn's first two games. Auburn is not good without him. Um, yeah, I would imagine he's probably not going to be ruled eligible at any point. So the hope is kind of that he finds somewhere overseas that he can play. Uh, I was asking about it on Twitter. So I, I can't remember, uh, who it was, but, but someone who covers, uh, the NBL was saying that they do still have, I think it's four of their next stars spots open uh they don't start until january so there's still time there and they obviously just had success with with rj and lamello um and already have Justinian and jessup locked up uh as well as as dd is is back um so i i would for sure like to see him go to the nbl it's a spot where we've seen some young guards despite their uh limitations we shall say in terms of necessarily contributing to winning on both ends we've seen them enabled uh so i'd like to see that a lot of other international seasons or i most other international seasons are underway already uh, and are not going to hand the keys over to a guy like that don't have the infrastructure in place to be taking an american high school star uh so hopefully sharif winds up in the nbl that would be really cool uh otherwise i I don't know if we're going to see him getting eligibility seems like a bit of a long shot yeah uh, if it hasn't happened at this point again feels like it's probably not going to happen um anytime in the future which is definitely unfortunate um was definitely looking forward to, to watching sharif uh i know you were as well but 
yeah, hopefully we can see him um, before, or if not, you know, we wait and he probably goes pro next year if he can't get eligibility. I mean, I'm not, I'm not really sure what's going to happen, but. Yeah, the, the thing that that sucks for him is that this is not James Wiseman. Like, he can't just not play and then be a top three pick. That's not the perception of Sharif Cooper. Like, I think that uh, he was expected to be a multi-year guy probably by by a lot of mainstream sources. Uh, he's a, he is a guy who needs to play. I mean, I like, I need to see him play, even as someone who, who likes him quite a bit. Uh so yeah, he he needs to play somewhere. I, I don't think that you can reasonably expect that he could not play and go on to be drafted this year. Um, so uh, hope, hopefully he winds up in the NBL. That's that's what I'd like to see. Um, yeah, so TBD on Cooper. We'll we'll see. Yeah. Now on to a much more fun topic. Cade Cunningham played a basketball game. Played a college basketball game. He was good. Um, <laughs> so. The, the crazy thing in the, the Cade against, um, what team was it? Texas Arlington. Against Texas Arlington was that he wasn't even that good. Uh, particularly, we like, we didn't really see that much passing from him. We didn't see that much defense manipulation. And that's kind of what he's so good at, that with his size, he has incredible vision, that he is really adept um, using fakes and pacing and his eyes to create passes. Uh, and he didn't even really do that. And he was still pretty dominant against Texas Arlington in, in his debut. Um, the scoring is, is really there. I think that that was probably something that was talked up as a concern for him. Uh, and and I'm, I'm not concerned about it at all. The jumper looks really good. Uh, he hit a pull-up three. He hit a, he hit a pull-up mid-ranger at, at least one. Um, it, it looks it looks really good. It looks compact. Uh, I think he's going to he's going to get that off a lot and, and shoot well on them. Uh, but he just, he looked again, really, really amazing as a slasher. Uh, his, his pacing is so good. So deceptive. His handle at his size is really incredible. He had that, that one like semi transition behind the back that everyone saw that was, that was pretty incredible. His balance, his strength, his touch at the rim are so, so good. Uh, he's just going to be so potent as a slasher. And the crazy thing is that like, he is currently 6'7", 220, but he looks like he can add so much weight. Like he's gonna he's gonna get he's bigger. Gonna huge. Like he's already so strong and, and uses that so well on his slashes, but he he's gonna be gigantic. Like Yeah, like I, I seeing him for the first time on the on that college court, I thought that he he looked kind of slim, that this was not the the same like level of physical dominance that we that we saw when he was playing against high school players and yet he still is the strongest guy out there um yeah it's like it's, UC Arlington's not exactly a great team but it was really encouraging to see him dominate in like the exact same ways that he has uh throughout his entire youth career like that as a scorer nothing looked different like like there really wasn't any playing up like playing down because of his uh, physical because of the physical capabilities of his competition like he looked every bit of as overwhelming as he always does like, yeah and then and then i saw criticisms of his defense but i thought that he was actually quite good defensively yeah um it wasn't flashy but like i think the team defense was was solid he didn't he, he, i didn't think he really made that many mistakes obviously like the the high level rim protection flashes that that didn't show up but again yeah it, it was solid like i don't i don't think he was bad at all yeah, and that like that's going to be there. The high level rim protection is going to be there uh, for a wing, and that's that's going to be a huge source of value for him. But 
the team defense was good in his first game. Like he was, he was good with stunts. He was really good with positioning. Um, it was just really solid. Uh, there were, there were like a few bad moments. Like he died on, on, on like one or two screens pretty badly, but on the whole, like it, it was quite good for a first yeah. college game. Yeah. I mean, in the grand scheme of things for Cade, I think this was a pretty average game for him. Like, Average to below, even. Average to, yeah, I mean, this wasn't that spectacular of a Cade game because, like Max said, he didn't really do any of the, the elite passing that he's known for. And it was still, like, by by other college player standards and especially by other college freshman standards, like, a really, really good game. So, I mean, you see we'll, – we'll, we'll talk more about other prospects later. You'll see, like – you're even starting now to see some conversation about, you know, challenging for the number one spot. Um, there is no challenge in Cade Cunningham. Like, if this is his, like, eh game, his eh debut, then just just wait till he gets going and he's scoring effortless, effortlessly with the passing. Hopefully, as he learns to just disconnect with more and trust his Oklahoma State teammates, obviously adjusting to probably, like, the worst teammates he's played with relative to competition and quite yeah. some time like obviously like no Montverde um which is like basically an NBA team and then even at Texas Titans uh, I mean like he he doesn't have a lob threat like Greg Brown like so yeah the the rest of Oklahoma State was not super encouraging the yeah Boone twins I'm not <laughs> impressed with uh yeah, likely and Cade did not mesh well yeah I mean I, I don't think any of that is super surprising um yeah i i thought maybe likely would have some ability to to like attack off of off of advantage situations and be useful in those situations but yeah it's it was not good uh it looks like Cade's gonna have to be very much a one-man show hopefully i think he can like i think that's yeah honestly probably good for him because i mean there's like even after the game i mean you see people some still concerns about his wiring and, and and just his aggression and i think while Obviously, there there are some concerns about his willingness to just take over and score at will. Like well, he showed what he can do in that regard um, on Thursday, and there's so many examples of him doing it against high level competition, dating back to EYBL. Well, yes, he basically was like a sit like a game managing quarterback at Montverde just because he didn't have to score. Like I I, I come back to the the. But you have Bell game where he had like 15 rim attempts against Phenom with a bunch of other high level prospects every time. And I'm like, yeah, there's no there's no reason to worry about this guy's wiring or or ability to score against high level competition. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, not the best Cade game in the world, but really don't not walking away with any major concerns or change perceptions. Cade's still one of the best prospects in a long time. And again, like like a pretty solid first game, nothing special. And the fact that this game was nothing special just shows you how high of a bar it, it really is for Cade and just how good he is. Yeah, I, th- I think the point about uh, him kind of being bullied into being uh, forceful as a scorer is, is important because I was I was a little concerned, yeah, with the with the how he approaches the game that that he he has some Chris Paul to him that like he wants to make the right play to a fault. Um, so I, having this step early in his career where he's on a team where he's going to be just bullied into being a scorer, I think might be good for him for a while. Oh, absolutely, that, yeah. yeah, that he's really forced to be assertive as a scorer and realizes that making the right play is not necessarily the right play when you're Cade Cunningham and you can just initiate contact and like hit a leaner because you have crazy touch and you're six, seven, like learning that I think is a valuable lesson. And he, it seemed like he learned that about five minutes into his first college game against Texas. Um, So, so that's pretty encouraging. Uh, Yeah. I mean, he is that guy. He just, Cade is that guy. 
the debut wasn't even that great by his standards, and it was a dominant performance by a college freshman. Um, yeah. yeah, the the conversations trying to people trying to put Jalen Suggs in that conversation, people trying to put Jalen Green in that conversation. Uh, it it's ludicrous. There's there's no there's no wait and see. Cade has been that guy. He is that guy. Uh, he's a total stud. He's the number one pick. Yeah. Um, so I think um, at, at this point, um, we can move on to our next topic, which is the Kentucky guys. Um, Terrence Clark was the best prospect in Kentucky's opener against Moorhead State. By um, a huge margin. Did too. not see that coming. Um, first of all, I think defensively, I was kind of stunned at how good he was. Like he was, he did not make mistakes. He was impactful as a team defender, stunting at the nail and digging on drives for steals. He made good rotations pretty consistently. Um, was not something I expected from Clark. And then um, another big worry I had with Clark was like how he'd function off the ball on offense. And I think he was did really well attacking the cat, attacking off of the catch. Uh, he got to his spots and hit like hit a couple floaters and. And little pull-ups as well. And then showed some of his kind of ridiculous handling capabilities on the ball. Just violent in-and-outs or crossovers to to create separation and get his shots off. So, yeah, it was a really impressive performance for Clark. Um, I, I, you know, coming into the season was very down on him. Um, not ready to, you know, change after one game. But it was it was a really encouraging performance to see him step up and be the most impressive prospect on that Kentucky team. I still have – I still think my general concerns about his – you know, um, his overall you know, on-ball scoring creation didn't weren't like totally abated, but still like a an impressive performance and one that I was pleasantly surprised by. Yeah, since this is a weird cycle where we didn't really get to do proper previews outside of a few uh, instances, and and then the, the here and there we did with with trying to cover things, we should I think go a bit into who Clark has been in the past. Um, I think that he's always been a good defender. He wasn't like flawless like he was in Kentucky's uh first game where I mean yes yeah, some of the the positioning and the perfectly timed recovery he had that one play where he he rotated to stop that drive and then uh recovered at the perfect time got the steal run out and then got fouled um he was pretty exquisite defensively like really good like if you don't set a good screen he was gonna get over it like he was good chasing off ball screens yeah just really involved as a team defender he was just awesome he was so good defensively um, and I think he's always been good defensively. He's always been a smart player. Uh, he's always had a shifty handle and been able to play with, with, uh, pace that, that doesn't necessarily create advantages, but like has the potential to, and he's always been a smart passer too. the, the concerns come in with, with scoring and that he has this reputation as a freak athlete that he's just very much never been like he's not an explosive player at all in fact that's like a, a huge uh, downfall for him and the shooting has always always been a huge question mark as well and those things are still very much there for me but he looked great in spite of that in, in Kentucky's first game that the shiftiness and the handle were so good that he was able to get to that floater um he, he did hit some pull-ups from mid-range uh the three was concerning he had like his his knees bowed in so much that they hit each other. Uh, it was yeah bad. that one spot up was that he I'm, I'm pretty sure it was, it was an air ball, right? Yeah, yeah that that one was concerning. Yeah, where his knees basically tapped. That's got to be improved. But yeah, I mean overall, like the the short mid range to long mid range shot making was was good. Yeah, and that just combined with with really awesome defense. Um, 
and and the 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 pat the passing has always been there for him. We didn't even get to see that much of that, but like he's been an intelligent passer in in the past. Um, so if that if that shiftiness really works, if that handle really works to be breaking down defenses, I mean he's a really serious prospect. Like if, if that's the case, he's I I think uh you know a, a lottery level guy he could certainly be, which is not how how he was regarded by us, not how he was regarded by draft Twitter as a whole. Um. But it's still very much wait and see. I'm I'm concerned about the scoring. Like I I think that the explosion is going to be a much bigger issue when he's not playing Morehead State. Um, yeah. I I think I think the shooting is going to prove to be a huge issue, and that's that's really the 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 crux of it. And that's what it's been always with him. That either on the ball or off the ball, he's always going to need to be able to shoot. And I'm not really sure that he can do that reliably. Yeah, I, I mean, I was definitely encouraged by his off-ball, just general off-ball movement and activity and attacking off the catch and and navigating to spots, um, which was one of my concerns is how can he function without the ball and is he even good enough to function with the ball? But yeah, I mean, once he's, you know, I, I think if if um, he's ever thrust into more of a, a primary on-ball role, um, especially against better competition, I'm very excited and interested to see how he holds up um, in terms of creation. Because off of the ball as, you know... A, as like a secondary attacker, I think he his handle is kind of enough to to get to wherever he wants. But as a as a primary attacker, it's going to be a different story. And I mean, to see if he's you know this defensive performance was just a blip, or if he can kind of continue this throughout the rest of the season. But overall, I mean, won't get carried away um, based on one game against uh, a bad team, but still uh, an encouraging sign uh, for Clark and his future prospects. Yeah, I'm I'm inclined to think at the very least that we we underestimated him quite a bit. I'm I'm certainly not on the he's Kentucky's best prospect train. Uh like not even remotely close to that. Um but yeah, he looked he looked he looked really legit. He looked like a very good prospect. Um yeah. so moving on to Kentucky's best prospect who did not have as good of a debut, uh BJ Boston um was kind of underwhelmed. Um so not yeah yeah bj um the thing that popped immediately was that physicality did not make up for strength the way that it did at lower levels that he was trying to initiate contact uh in the paint and at the rim and it like it didn't work to draw fouls and it didn't work to allow him to maintain his balance and finish despite the contact um, so that was pretty concerning. He just kind of crumpled uh, when, when he initiated contact early in that game. Um, the shot was concerning to me because it like that, that dip looked really exaggerated again. Uh, so especially coming off those, like those control, th- those curls that Kentucky runs, um, like he couldn't really get those off, uh, because of that, that he really had that exaggerated dip. Um, that was pretty concerning defensively it was quite mixed i would say um had some good moments on the ball for sure uh but definitely had a lot of bad moments had some had some issues where like he would do the first thing he had to do as a team defender so he would like tag or stunt or something like that but then the recovery turned into a mess where he didn't have any idea where he was supposed to be going and he just couldn't keep track of multiple things at once uh you know i expect him to be mixed defensively uh that's kind of what he's always been but but there was there was not really a lot of playmaking to make up for that uh although he he did have some really nice shot contests uh, i think on the perimeter um late in the game he got going a little bit more did hit a, a leaner through contact did have an extension finish um but 
it wasn't great. It was not a it was not a great debut. It wasn't terrible, I'd say, and and the stats ended up being okay. Uh, but yeah, was 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 concerning for sure. Yeah, I was definitely underwhelmed by the defense. Uh, I think a lot of it, like like on the ball, like even even on the ball, like the, the kind of initial mirroring would would go well, and but then he'd kind of like overturn his hips or get out of position with his footwork and get burned. I just thought he was like a little bit late on his rotation, and his, and his gambles weren't really well timed. Yeah, a lot I mean, of a lot of gambles. A lot of gambles. I mean, he's kind of a gambler. Um, he is at his heart, but. I think generally in the past he's been a very well-timed gambler um, and one who has great instincts and closing speed. But it was just off um, in his first college game. He just wasn't picking his spots well defensively. Yeah, just um, definitely I think if this is going to be his offensive usage, I'm pretty concerned. Um, didn't – wasn't allowed – I don't think he ran a pick and roll or well, – Yeah, like, he was not – Wasn't like- allowed to do any sort of – shot creation which is kind of his calling card as a top two prospect for both of us being an elite shot creator at, at his at his at his height and he wasn't able to do any of that just again coming around like 15 foot curls is is not his strength um it never was going to be given his mechanics and kind of his ability to gather and and you know attack and quick attack and be decisive and get downhill and create separation which so so i'm definitely a little concerned if, if that's going to be his offensive role going forward and he's really not going to be able to allow, be allowed to create at all. I'm definitely a little bit worried about how he does because that's even as a slasher, uh, a role that requires a lot of physical, a lot of strength and touch to convert kind of quick move finishes and and shots around the rim with which um, Boston is kind of primarily like a craft and body control physicality kind of finisher, which he might not be able to be as well at the college level. So d- definitely concerns. Um, yeah, the the shot was concerning. Um, did think there was some nice attacking off the catch, though, um, especially towards the end of that game. Like you said, where he was able to use that footwork and burst and extension finishes and and body control hanging to to generate some points. But yeah, I mean, I'm definitely a little worried. Less about this performance in a vacuum, and more just about the the role we'll see him take at Kentucky going forward. Um, yeah, I mean, hoping he can bounce back. Um, I mean, I'm sure he's going to have plenty of good performances as well this year. But, yeah, I mean, d- did not impress and was definitely not as good as Clark was in this one. Yeah, the usage was was for sure concerning. It, it Yeah, that he was, like, pretty strictly a wing and that there was a lot of handling for Askew, a lot of uh, – I mean, a lot more handling for Clark. Um, that, yeah, it, w- it was uh, it was concerning. Um, not Not a good debut. Another guy who, who I mean, with, with BJ, at least you can give the caveats that, like, he wasn't terrible, that there were some good moments. Um, Isaiah Jackson, there was, like, the one huge rim rotation that he had, yeah. and otherwise it he was not. He had a few good, good ones, I think. He, he, I mean, he, he, he had the one in the first half, but then I think there were a couple more in the second half. But, yeah, I mean, generally, it was, it was not good. Like, he like offensively like the decision making is so catastrophic like his first, his <laughs> it's first so shot, funny. it's it's it, it, it's like hilariously bad like his first make was that like quadruple pump totally smothered like 20 foot mid-range that went in and if, if that's not like the strongest encapsulation of what isaiah jackson is on offense um i mean that's what he was in eybl pretty much just this horrific decision maker who has like all of the physical tools where he should be a dominant interior scorer, but loves these terrible mid ranges that will go in sometimes, but are very much not reliable. So more hilarious decision maker, Isaiah Jackson or Precious? 
Isaiah Jackson, I think. Yeah, I mean, Precious. I think Precious is less. Precious's decision making is less amusing. I think it's kind of like definitely not great. But I, like Isaiah Jackson just does things that just like just make you sit back in your chair and be like, just just sigh a heavy sigh. Well, because Isaiah Jackson brought up in the chaos of Spire with Lamelo Ball. Um, it, yeah, ambitious, ambitious player. <laughs> Very ambitious. I mean. I think not pl- playing. It's playing. Seeing him play with Lamelo and then not with Lamelo is clear how how big of an advantage playing with Lamelo is if you're a big. Um, yeah, I mean, e- e- even beyond the offense, like there are some there were some freaky moments, like like that one really big rim rota- rim rotation and semi transition. I think there were a couple like high point blocks where you can just see his quick leaping and his vertical and his closing speed. Um, all of that is just insane. But then I mean, then you get to just like how jumpy he is as rim protector. And just how generally unaware he is on a play-to-play basis, um, and how even though he's like a pretty good mover, just in terms of athletic standpoint, he just doesn't know where he's going. Um, yeah, I mean, I I'm, I'm pretty sure you're bigger on Jackson than I was coming in. I'm still not very optimistic on yeah, him. Yeah, right? more more as a curiosity, but as it becomes yeah. more and more clear, like what on earth does he do on offense? Because I don't think that you can really make him a center like you can with Precious. Uh, he gets less and less interesting. Um, yeah. like the. I the this the the vestiges of Spire in like handling and passing have interested me, but you know if those are how much is that really worth? Yeah. How much does I mean, that matter? After watching him play Sans Lamelo and EYBL and just watch, yeah, hey, um, you, you don't have one of the best passers in the world, and you're no longer making good passes or decent handling decisions. Um, I mean, I think it's pretty safe to assume. It's fair to assume that I think there's a better chance than not that he doesn't play with a pass like Lamelo ever again. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it, it's going to be tough for him to really fit into a big man role just because, like, despite having the tools to, like, be a pretty good role man, I think, just doesn't have the understanding of how to play as a roller at all, um, which is really – which is important and probably under-discussed. And I'm, I'm sure it's something that can be learned, but Isaiah Jackson, to me, is starting at a pretty low baseline and isn't going to Yeah, get I, I just don't know how much experience yeah. he has doing that. And he's not really going to get it at Kentucky either, because that's just not the kind of offense they run, and not the and they don't really have the personnel to like enable him. Like Askew is a pretty good passer, but I, mean, I don't think he's really anything special. Um, so it's definitely a it was an entertaining debut. Um, yeah, there were high there were high points, there were entertaining points. Yeah, um, like his, his highs, especially defensively, are really high. Like don't get me wrong, crazy high. Like, yeah, like he has some like best in the class rim protection moments. Um, and then he also has some worst on the class um, team defensive big moments specifically, just making boneheaded double teams and missing rotations on the backside that you definitely should be making. So yeah, I mean, losing shooters off the ball. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's problematic, but he's certainly entertaining and I'm excited to watch more of him this year at Kentucky. But yeah, I mean, I'm like, pretty confident with my being with my skepticism on Isaiah Jackson, you know, in preseason that I just don't think he has enough tools to, to overcome um, everything else. But I mean, maybe he does. And I think he's always going to be in like an intriguing gamble. I think there's kind of a floor for him, just like there was a floor for precious because of those tools, but yeah, it's not great overall. Yeah. He's, he, I, I think he's probably going to end up being too much of a tweener to just be made a center like precious. Um, which is a shame because yeah he has some crazy tools. Uh, also like like yeah, Pre- Precious I think was just a smarter defender for oh, sure. Oh, much like 
totally different level of team defensive awareness and instincts. And that wasn't even, like, it, it was good for Precious, but not like otherworldly or anything. The wait is finally over. Football's in full effect. With many teams strutting their stuff, you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Support for the Prep to Pro NBA Draft podcast comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's blow-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. The Lawn Mower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting it on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, your balls stink. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code armchair. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to Deuce McBride. Yes. Deuce McBride has played three games already um, in three days. Uh, I watched the first two. I have only, I watched like a couple minutes of the game that's happening right now against Western Kentucky. Yeah. Um, I don't think that Deuce has made many strides as a playmaker at all. Um, it's it's still kind of a situation where you like you trap him, you hard hedge him, and it's gonna go poorly. Uh, he had that one play against VCU, that pick and roll, where it was like he accelerated at the perfect time, drew the help, had a nice little drop off, but otherwise, I don't think there's been a lot of progress. It's still a lot of bad yeah. shots, a lot of missed passes. A lot of you, you can just pressure him and things will go poorly for West Virginia. But um, the, the defense is still amazing. Like his, his defense as a guard is pretty yeah. special on the ball, off the ball, individually off the ball, denying uh, handoffs and screens. Like, yeah, as a team defender, his anticipation is wild. He is the GOAT transition defender still. Um, and then offensively, he's made a lot of tough pull ups. Uh, and it, it, there are some signs maybe of some more scoring diversity there in that, in that first game, he had that, uh, right wing screen rejection, pretty explosive, then hit the deceleration with the, with the one, two footwork, drew the foul and finished. Like if, if there's more of that scoring diversity from him, I'm pretty interested. Uh, like he's still there, there will be avenues to really high level impact if, he can seriously self-create while being that special of a guard defender, even if he can't really drive team offense like that. That's still a really valuable player, especially if he can be reliable in spot-ups. And then given that defensively, he does have such a big frame that he's capable of using and, and that he does have such outsized Team D impact um, that he's still a very interesting proposition. But it's it sucks that the playmaking's not there. Um, that takes off... like. Deuce McBride, that takes Deuce McBride in the lottery off the table. 
Um, I still think there are avenues to like Deuce McBride is com- comfortably a first round pick. Um, but you know, need, need to keep tracking how, how good the pull-up shooting is. And I want to keep seeing more of this scoring diversity, but the, the, the few flashes through a couple games of, of a bit more than just tough pull-ups w- was encouraging, even if the playmaking was, was pretty disappointing. Yeah. I think again, like for that really impressive pick and roll pass in the VCU game, there was one later in the game that was kind of the same situation Hooper, he beat his man and accelerated downhill and had a pretty wide open roller and just didn't hit him and and ended up charching. So I don't. I think just generally the the missed reads and well, I mean, like you said, I think when you when you trap Deuce, it's not that he like totally capitulates and turns it over. He just can't can't exploit a trap the way you'd want him to. Last year he would totally uh, like exploded on himself and it was bad. So yeah, I mean, I that's think actually not... progress, but, but it's still yeah, that's true. I mean, I think he, I mean, at least in the VCU game, he didn't really do that. He, he was able to handle them, but just wasn't able to really take advantage of, of, of them is what you want. But yeah, I mean, just deuce, I think has to be a really great tough shot maker. And I, I, and I think there's a lot of sign that he is going to be a really great tough shot maker. Like he, he's a legitimately awesome tough shot maker. But yeah. I just, I mean, there's definitely avenues for him as like a really good off guard next to a big initiator. I think that's likely his ideal role. Um, assuming he's not able to create shots for his or his teammates. But yeah, I mean, just looking to see more of that, real more of that self creation equity, just more more easy shots. I think is the is the thing for him. Um, there are no easy shots. For yeah, him. like all of his all of his great creation makes are still like really difficult. Like. I'm pretty sure in the VCU game at the end he had one um, kind of easier shot where he um, we're, we're pretty sure he hit like a behind the back dribble and accelerated and finished with touch over a couple of defenders. Like that's an advantage created initially with, with with handling, which is definitely an improvement and something you want to see more. But even on the end of that play, you just don't see the easy shots because he lacks the necessary tools to get easy shots to the rim, um, especially versus um, versus contact and a, and, a, and, a, and a crowded paint. So yeah, I mean, definitely like a little concerned with his lack of easy buckets, but I don't think that kind of discounts um, his ability to play as a valuable off-ball off guard. It just means he can't be more of an offensive driver, which is unfortunate, but I think kind of expected. Yeah, like, for sure. Like, I didn't really expect, like, a, a serious leap as a self-creator or a playmaker. I think the incremental strides are nice to see. Um, and again, I'm excited to watch the VCU game. I mean, the, the, the Western New game against Western Kentucky. That'll be a good test as well, but... Yeah, are you still thinking of him? I know it's 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 incredibly early, and opinions shouldn't change that much. But you're still thinking of him as approximately a first round guy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think um, obviously some of my ranking him as high as I, I mean, ranking him like in the mid teens was kind of hoping for some improvement. But I never expected anything catastrophic. I mean, or not, not cat. I mean, is anything cataclysmic in terms of improvement? And he is someone who, even if he, he doesn't make drastic improvements as a self-creator or a playmaker, I think the shot-making and defense combo is good enough to thrive in a secondary role, just given the, the, the trends of the league with all of the big creators and the kind of increasing room for these smaller off-guards with secondary skills. And his skill set is, is pretty rare. Like, you don't see a lot of guards with his defensive ability that are that good of tough shot-makers. Like... 
yes, he has serious limitations, but the strengths he has don't come around very often. Like he is legitimately like a, a one of a kind like guard defender at his size. Like the strength and the off ball instincts and the transition defense and and the, the the point of attack footwork. Like it's so complete at his age. And yeah, I mean, it, it's it's weird, right? Because because Deuce's whole background is that he was a football guy basically yeah. until college. And so there, it's easy to understand, I think, why the high-level offensive reads are not there because he maybe hasn't seen the reps that a lot of guys his, his age have seen. But that's why I don't understand the defensive instincts that are absolutely unbelievable. And But he, I, it's really weird that he just, like, he really has a sixth sense on defense. Like, some of his anticipation yeah, is absolutely incredible. I mean, I think a lot of his, like, playmaking is also just, like, disabled by his lack of height and lack of lack of ability to, to create like a lot of space like there will be times where like it kind of looks like he's looking in the direction of a read but he just like can't throw over or around defenders like there was one play in the vcu game where there was like um like a potential skip pass like a wide open weak corner uh, i think in the first half and like he just like was engulfed by defenders and, and didn't have the creativity or the size to hit it but yeah i, I mean definitely not the same level of instincts even then as, as defensive which yeah are really special i mean th th there's always going to be like you know you can make a connection to like playing quarterback and reading defenses and stuff but you know impossible to know how much that really has an impact but yeah i mean just you know as we continue to learn more about the connection between offensive and defensive instincts in terms of you know reading defenses and reading offenses it's it's i mean he's one of the most fascinating prospects in this class to me for sure like yeah he's a really interesting he's a guy who i'd like to learn more about his track record developmentally because he is a i think definitely a unique case yeah all right, I think let's let's move on to our next one. Um, Nishan Bowens Highland of, of VCU has been talking about skinny, like really skinny, lethal shooting guard um, who, as a freshman, showed like really impressive shooting versatility and and range and touch. Um, and I think that was I'm pretty sure I, I think that was there in the first game against Utah State where he hit, what, what did he hit five threes like uh, like off of a bunch of different actions off of movement pull ups. Um, the shot was really great. And I think he's a really, really great team defender as well. Like so disciplined, so disciplined playing in passing lanes, not over helping, but he, he's great at like the little bait and bait and retreat kind of helping just enough to, to confuse a defender and force him to pass out. And then he uses his length and timing to nab steals. And then, you know, that's still there as well. But the really interesting thing is he's, he's getting to the rim um, in ways that he didn't last year. Like the, the burst, you know, especially I think against West Virginia looks really, really good. Like he was constantly beating defenders with his first step and getting really low is his torso almost parallel to the ground and swiping with his off arm and using pace and little hesitations and changes of speed and pick and roll to get to the rim. And that's a really encouraging development for a guy whose main concern, I think last year was that rim frequency. Um, I have a stat that uh, he had six half court rim attempts. Uh, against West Virginia in a second game. Um, last year, he had 41 in 31 games, um, which is less than two a game. Obviously, some you know, major small sample, and he had no half-court rim attempts against... Um, I'm pretty sure he had no half-court rim attempts against Utah State, um, but still, still very encouraging. The thing is, he he cannot convert them just because his, nope. his combination of a total lack of strength um, and, and, and inability to jump just makes it so he kind of capitulates at the, si at the site of any contact at the rim. He, he cannot handle it. 
he had one like pretty nice like inside hand um, lefty extension finish at the end of the like the West Virginia game, but I, I think the craft is okay. But generally, he's just too physically physically limited to finish. Um, but yeah, point being, um, he definitely clearly has a way to, a ways to go, and but a clear avenue for improvement. But this is an encouraging development. Um, I was really high on Bones coming in. I had him as like a fringe first rounder just because of the shooting and team defense and his general smarts as, as as a passer. I don't think we've seen any of the passing really this year, or at least much of it. Yeah, I mean, encouraging development um, in terms of rim frequency for him. The burst looks great. Just just a matter of converting them is, is going to be the thing for him. Yeah, his the way that he married good burst, I think, with really nice uh speed like really nice pace and and some legitimate shiftiness to this handle was really awesome yeah he was just living at the rim in that west virginia game but like you said when he got there it was a disaster he he's so limited vertically like he had this one this one play where it was like a hop step and then tried to jump and just got like four inches off the ground and got the shot completely destroyed um Players not being able to jump a theme of that game. Also with Oscar. Um, oh, God. Um, yeah, so Bones, I, yeah, I, I feel the same way about, about him. He's really interesting. I I think that there there's a, a probably a conversation to be had there between Bones and Deuce. Um, yeah, like that was, that was a, a fun matchup, even if both were, were a little you know kind of underwhelmed on the yeah. final stat line it was it was i think instructive and two cool players yeah. uh and it was always going to be like a defensive game like vcu yeah. didn't score until like oh the, man the, the, the 12 minute mark like it was oh i mean it was always gonna be that kind of game but yeah i mean definitely encouraging like it was it was like you said a fun matchup and both encouraging things but yeah the, the bones room frequency it had some some vassell against pit vibes though where where it's like, wait, what is going on here? This guy can do what now? Um, yeah, it was and, really stunning. <laughs> yeah, and it matters a, a lot less if he can't actually threaten to score when there. But getting there in the first place matters a lot. Especially it's a really if, important step. Like, yeah, if, and if, if you're a smart player who can start to capitalize on that as a passer, uh, it, it gets pretty interesting. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was, a, that was an encouraging performance from Bones uh, on top of... Yeah, you know, on top of the awesome team defense. And stuff. last year, like I think Bones is a pretty good passer, but most of his passes were just like of the pick and roll variety, you know, skips and and laydowns and such. I don't think he didn't do much of the the drive creation passing, you know, the the the, the high speed laydowns and wraparounds and kickouts, just because he didn't get to the rim that much. Um, so I think it'll take 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 him some time to adapt as um, a passer and adapt his court mapping while he's you know, if this slashing is real, uh, but I do think we'll see some more passing for him probably later in the season. Um, I mean, I'm optimistic about Bones. Like I still prefer Deuce, I think, but like, I certainly have them both in the same tier, like in the first round, like they're both really good prospects. Um, just like a, Bones shooting and now coupled with that um, rim frequency is like really encouraging. Like that's really good to see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. Same tier still prefer Deuce slightly, but yeah, I'm I'm getting much more open to the to the argument for for Bones Highland, uh, but yeah, we'll see we'll see how bad the finishing is and and how how much he can really maintain uh, the rim frequency. Yeah. Um. Go ahead. Yeah. I was gonna say. I mean, like he's played against good teams so far. Like, yeah, he has. which is encouraging. I mean, like, and good defenses at that. So, like. 
Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, doing that against West Virginia is is you know something. Uh, yeah. That, 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 that's quite the defense. Um, so yeah, doing that against West Virginia matters. Uh, should we talk Io Desunmu a little bit? Yeah, um, I haven't really seen much of Illinois. Um, so I'll let you talk about Io, who has turned some ice. Who has, who has yeah, so, some ice so this year. I watched most of the first game and have seen bits and pieces of the two since. Um, we have not been Io guys in the past in the slightest. Um, not even really viewed him as much of a prospect, at least on my part. Yeah, same. He's been really good to start this year. Like he's he's always had shiftiness, always had a lot of speed, um, but has been limited a lot as a shooter and vertically and with his passing and and has been like whatever defensively, I guess. But to start this year, he's been really good. That the shiftiness and and handling are are really potent. He's he's playing with great pace. Like he he really is varying his speeds. Uh, and the shot looks better. It's looked really good off the catch. Like he looks really balanced. Um, just looks good shooting the ball. Like still a really aggressive thumber. But um, you know, there he looks improved there. I want to see a lot more of the pull up attempts. Uh, I've seen I've seen way more catch and shoot, and that that's what I found encouraging. Uh, I think I've only seen one pull up, and and there still seem to be some issues there. But yeah, want to see how how the pull ups are. Um, but he look he's looked good. A, a guy to monitor. Like they they have not played good competition so far, um, except for I guess that Ohio game today. Uh, Ohio was pretty good, I think. Yeah. So, you know something something to to wait and see against against better competition. But Io, he's yeah, off, I mean, he's off to a good start. Yeah, I mean they're and they're slated to play like Duke and Baylor as well. So we're certainly going to get the the Io um um thing. I think in. It, in the little um, that I've seen, I think it's just general like decision making and, and understanding of of kind of um, how to play is has really improved. Uh, it looks a lot better to me. Just someone who like always was kind of p- prone to bad decisions and never and just like didn't you know wasn't making any real advanced reads and was and didn't take and didn't take great shots. But he's been really good there, at least in the little I've watched. Um, small sample, obviously, but he has. Um, through the first two games, at least had a four assist to turnover ratio and had eight assists to three turnovers today against Ohio. So that's much improved from uh, 1.2 assist to turnover last year and not as good in his freshman year as well. So that's another like mini step that he seems to have taken for me. Um, I definitely am wanting to watch more of the Illinois games. I'm probably not going to watch the first two, but I'll uh, watch the one against Ohio because I'm interested in Jason Preston, who we'll talk about later. But um, yeah, I mean, cert- certainly looks like a leap, and if if nothing else, I think definitely now a, a serious prospect that's on the radar and and worth considering. Still, I think always a little concern when you see a prospect who um, is kind of underwhelming um, his first couple years, and then as an older junior or senior takes this leap to where now he's kind of a legitimate prospect. Because um, I mean, but. Still, I mean, it's good to see. <laughs> yeah, the thing the thing I'll say for him is that like Io has never been he's never been limited in terms of his burst. He's never been limited in terms of his handling ability. It's the it's the knowing how to play things. It's the knowing how to vary speeds. It's the knowing it, it's the decision making. It's the being reli- a reliable shooter. So with him, it's it's not like he is a a junior or senior who is you know really athletically limited, size limited, and has figured out a pace at which he can he can you know get shots off at the rim but by just being off from that that ha- that split second of, of the expectation of the defender that's not what io is 
Io has had lots of physical tools and skills that he hasn't been able to apply in a, in a productive way necessarily. Um, figuring that out, I think, is a little bit different from being, you know, Mason Jones and, and you know, no, knowing that split second where you, where you can turn the defender's expectations against them and get, and get a scoop layup off. Like, I, I think that's a little bit different. Um, but yeah, Io, he seems to, at the, at the very least, be a lot closer to that guy that, that I think, you know, like college basketball writers kind of think that he's been of one of the best players in, in college basketball. He seems to be a lot closer to that, to that at the very least. And certainly a, a, like a fringe prospect at least. Um, but yeah, he's, he, he has looked pretty interesting through the first few games. And, and this is coming from, from a person who has not been an IO guy by any means. Should we do one more and then cut part one or? Um, yeah, you want to, let's just, let's just keep recording this and I guess see if, if we need to do multiple parts yeah. at the end. All right. Um, all right. Next we've got Brandon Newman of Purdue. I don't know if you've watched either of Purdue's games. No, I haven't. Okay. So this is just me. Brandon Newman. I liked him a lot last year coming out of high school. Um, he ended up redshirting last year. He was one of the best shooters in the 2019 high school class. Uh, and I thought had enough team defense ability, had some actual like explosion that is unusual for a just like six five off ball shooter. Um, that seems to be the case so far at Purdue. He's playing big minutes. He's starting for them. Uh, really, I, I so I watched the game that was that was yesterday, which was Thursday Thanksgiving, um, against uh, I don't Clemson? remember. Who. Yes, against Clemson. Uh, so against good competition. Um, really, really sound. Team team defense throughout that game was was really good on on stunts and tags, really consistent. Um, showed a really nice understanding of of the court on both ends. That like, you know, uh, baseline drive coming. He was he was you know early sliding down or or like uh, he's he's in the corner and there's a pick and roll being run. He's shaking up to the to the wing and you know getting himself open for a three. So showed a nice understanding of of how to move on the court while being a really solid team defender while showing some finishing ability attacking uh off the catch he finished it two offhand finishes he can he has some actual burst for the for the closeout attacker role and and can elevate a bit as a finisher um so i don't think like some some special player by any means but he's a freshman or i guess a red shirt freshman who can really shoot the ball uh has some ability to actually put the ball on the floor as a closeout attacker and is quite a reliable team defender who moves well enough laterally. Uh, that's pretty interesting um, as, as a three and D prospect. Um, I'm not like crazy about him, uh, but, but certainly someone that people should be paying attention to. Cause, cause I think he looks very much the part of, of the guy that I thought he was coming out of, of high school and, and potentially, you know, like a second round type guy eventually. Yeah. I haven't seen any of Newman, but I do plan to, as I like a lot of Purdue's other freshman class, I was intrigued by Jaden Ivey and Ethan Morton coming in. And they have, they have like the, the seven four center, uh, mm-hmm. right? I, Edie. I, Edie. Yeah. Yeah. Him, um, who I've seen clips of and looks kind of incredible. Um, giant. He's really, really large. Um, I think people said that he moved better in the first game. I, I had some issues in, in the Clemson game. I did not watch the first game. Um, yeah, he's huge. He's a really large person. Uh, Ivy didn't play in that Clemson game. He had, a, I think, a foot injury. Um, 
Aaron Wheeler might be a thing again. Oh my really god! Know. Don't play with don't play with my emotions. Like, oh, yeah, I. We're we're gonna we'll wait and see on that, but he's oh playing god. a lot at least. That's that's progress, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Man, I, yeah, I, I, I can't emotionally do that, that Aaron Wheeler thing again. <laughs> so I think we're going to cut it for part one here. Um, we're going to talk about more of the games and the prospects that have happened in the first couple of days. Um, next time, you can follow the pod at prep2propod on Twitter. Follow Max at Max A. Carlin. Follow me at Ben underscore Pfeiffer underscore. And with that, we'll see you all next time.